0: You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org.
1: I was reading some time ago out of Job chapter 33 and verse 4. And Job 33 and verse 4 says this, For the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. And as I stop and just meditate, I love to read the Bible and just stop and think about what is behind the actual English words or the words that I'm reading. And I found myself just dialoguing with the Holy Spirit along these lines, that it's the Spirit of God, it's the Holy Spirit that made me. Therefore, it's Him who makes me this thought that none of us have arrived and none of us have crossed the finish line and yet the Holy Spirit sometimes goes undetected and he wants to partner with us in making us the fullness of what the Father has set before us. And it's the breath, the presence of the Almighty that gives me life. I'm not sure, but I think all of us are thankful for what God has done, but there's so much more. And uh, as I was meditating again on this verse, I thought, well, if it's Him that gives me life, it's His breath that breathes into me, then little breath, there's little life. Maybe you're right now in a situation where you're going, you know, I just, it's hard connecting with God. And I, I feel like life is tough. Well, can I encourage you today that the Holy Spirit is there to breathe into you? And His breath brings life or another way you could put it is more breath, more life. And I feel like this year, in a year of overcoming, it's kind of like the Holy Spirit is bringing us back to learning how to breathe. As some of you have heard, I I have a pastime and I love to do diving. I haven't done it of late, but many, many years ago, I found myself in some part of Asia and uh, we decided we'd go for a dive. And there are a number of different organizations that you could hire the gear of and get your tanks that were filled And uh, I came across another diver and he said, so you're going to go for a dive? I said, yeah, I want to go for a dive. He said, that operation over that side of town, I wouldn't go there. And I said, well, why wouldn't you go there? He said, because there have been a number of divers that have hired the air that has compressed oxygen into the tanks. But obviously they don't change their filters very often. And the air that's inside is contaminated air. And if you know anything about diving, the deeper you go, the more pure air you need for safety. So how many know I didn't go there? The thought being that we live in a world where we are breathing natural oxygen all the time, but the oxygen in our humanity is contaminated with the breath, the words, the lies of the enemy. And sometimes we get off course because we don't allow the breath of the Holy Spirit to come upon us and take us to levels we've never been before. And it's kind of like the Holy Spirit, I feel for us as a church particularly, but for all of us as Christians, it's like there's a tapping of the shoulder and going, you need to be more in tune, more in hunger for the breath of God that will take you to levels you've never been because I'm the one that can fill your sails. I'm the one that can fully inflate you. Uh, In fact, a long time ago, I bought a dinghy uh, many, many years ago and uh, I bought it new from a shop, but it was a completely blown up dinghy. It had no aluminium hull or fiberglass hull. It was just a a blow up keel. It had a, a flexible bottom. When it was fully inflated, however, it used to just run through the water really well. We had a little eight horsepower on the back of it. But over time and over years, it was amazing how many times I hadn't used it for a long time, I inflated it, and it just began to deflate. Not a good idea if you're on the water. And so what I would do originally is get somebody who was a professional to put a patch on it, and the patch looked good. After time, there were more and more patches needed, and I thought, I'm not paying all that money, so I'll patch it myself. And you could see the dinghy, if you can get the picture, there's some nice patches and then there's some patches with yellow all around them as the glue had gone beyond where it should but held up and I could find that the dinghy, as long as it was fully inflated, could achieve its purposes. When it wasn't fully inflated, it would go off course. couple of thoughts. Here's Job and we read that it's his breath that brings Me life, more breath, more life, less breath, less inflation. It really doesn't matter how your dinghy looks because the enemy is going to point you to your patches. And I've discovered that God meets us and he secures the patches and the scars of the path, but he wants us to live fully inflated. And in a world where it's kind of like we just don't have time to breathe, It's like the message of God is, will you just breathe? Come on, just breathe. But Paul, right now, I'm so busy. Just breathe. But I find myself in a storm of, and I I don't understand what's going on. And it's kind of like God says, just get fully inflated. Breathe, breathe. Jesus said to the disciples, you can read it in your own time, but in John chapter 14, he says, you realise... You're destined to do greater things than I've ever done. And they go, really? You walked on water? You raised the dead? He said, no, greater things than I ever did. You will do whatever you ask in my name. That's what I will do for you. I'm going to move in on your behalf. But we find the answer in verse 16, and often we don't put the two together of chapter 14. I'm going to pray, said Jesus the Father. I'm going straight to the boss man. And I'm going to pray that the father, that he will give to you another helper. That he, the helper, may abide with you forever. He's not a Sunday morning helper. He's not when you deserve it, helper. He's not when you've got no patches on your dinghy, helper. He's the one that brings breath. And he's there right now. He's surrounding you. He's over you. He's knocking at the door of your heart. He, he comes. He'll abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. But notice this. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. And I felt like as I was preparing a big full stop. Do you see him, Paul? I didn't say, do you believe in him? Do you see him? Do you know him? Of course, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I speak with a new language. I, I, I love it. But do you see him on Monday? Do you see him when things feel like they're out of control? Do you see him when you're incredibly successful? Do you see him? Do you know him? It's an amazing thing. What you know a lot about in life, you talk a lot about. Well, some people just talk. I know that. But I didn't say pointed people. But do you know him? Paul, do you know him? Not do you believe in him? Do you know him? It's kind of like I wonder if I know his breath like I need to know his breath. You know, I find myself on the treadmill. It's one of those tasks that you like to talk about afterwards. And I'm one of those people, I've always been this, if I do exercise, I go bright red immediately and I perspire a lot. And, you know, I've got one of these little Apple watches and I can tell my heart rate. And if I'm pressing it out at about 11 or 12 Ks uh, an hour, my heart rate gets up to the high 160s. And I was sharing that some time ago with somebody, and they said, you you realize you can lower your heart rate with the same intensity. And I said, how do you do that? They said, you just breathe deeper. I said, so you don't breathe like this. (laughs) Help me, Jesus. (laughs) I said, no, you breathe deeper. So running along watching my watch, I can just breathe deeper and slow my heart rate down. See, a lot of Christians are breathing but not breathing how will this year be a year of overcoming? It's not because you're going to be better. It's not because you're going to get rid of some of the patches and it's just going to be all brand new. It's because we're going to be fully inflated. We're just at that place. Well, I am crying out, God, we're in the greatest season after 26 years. You've done so much and we're so thankful. But it's like God saying, would you you just realize more breath, Paul? Equates to more life. How will I get through this? How how will I know the will of God for my life? Just more breath. I want to take the steering wheel. I want my breath to be in you and on you. I I think sometimes we liken the Holy Spirit to a dove and he is. He's gentle. He, he, He needs the stillness. But I also liken God, according to Scripture, to an eagle. And because the Holy Spirit is God, he's not just a dove. He's the lion and the lamb. He's an eagle and the Holy Spirit, I wonder whether we've given him enough room in our lives to spread the potential that comes with his wings open and the breath of God taking us to new levels. And often we go, God, I, I'm in a pickle. I, I need a breakthrough. And God says, just breathe. I wonder if this week could be a week where we just keep saying to ourselves and to each other, just Breathe. Come on, just breathe. Yeah, but I need a supernatural. but just breathe. I need to find out what God wants me to do and what the answer is. Just breathe. Ezekiel 37 verse 1. Again, the hand of the Lord comes upon Ezekiel and the Spirit of the Lord brings him out, puts him in a valley that's filled with bones. Verse 3. And he says to me, son of man, says Paul, Andrew Dion. Can these bones live? So I answered and I said, Oh Lord, you, you know they can live. You're God. I'm not asking because I'm confused. I'm asking because you know it, but you don't breathe it. You can quote the Bible, you can have a whole lot of, of a list of things you believe, but there's no breath. Can these bones live? Of course, they can live. The trouble is, you're living on a deflated dinghy. And you think it's because of the patches, but it's not the patches. It's the lack of breath. It's kind of like Matt came up to me in the break after the first service and he said, even in our modern cars now, we can be on a deflated tire because it'll come up on the screen and say, well, it's meant to be 34, whatever it is, PSI, and it's down to 29 PSI. And we can reach over while we're driving and push the reset button. And that's the new norm. We didn't fill the tire, but we decided the new norm. What are you saying, Paul? I'm saying there are many seasons of my life I've lived on a deflated tire, increases the wear, stops the efficiency, and I get used to it. Well, this dinghy's always gone round in circles. What will ever change? You can understand. Look at the patches. The patches aren't the problem. It's the breath. Come on, breathe. Yeah. Breathe. Come on, sometimes we come to God like that. But God, don't you know? Yeah, I know everything. Breathe. Yeah, but it's not happening It's okay. I live in eternity. i have got plenty of time. Just breathe. Come on, just breathe. Just breathe. Turn to the person next to you say, just breathe online. At the computer, go, just breathe. Verse 4 of Ezekiel 37, I love what this says. And so he said to me again, would you prophesy to bones? Would you begin to speak to the things that aren't where they should be? And say to them, oh dry bones, would you hear the word of the Lord? Three things that I've learned about breath in my walk with God to this point, and many others I suppose, but three things I feel to touch on, is I've discovered that when the presence of God is given room, when the eagle is allowed to spread her wings. When, when distraction doesn't determine what I do on my day-to-day basis. When pressure is not allowed to exceed its limits. And I just come and say, Holy Spirit, here we are at the beginning of 2018. And by the way, we're already beginning to dream what God is wanting us to do beyond 2020. But it's taking time to go, God, we need your presence. We need your breath. We need your inflation and who we are at this point. Three things I've learned. One is that breath creates an environment of conception. In other words, if you're here and you go, well, I'm a believer in God, but I'm not sure what God wants with my life and I'm not sure what this year is really all about and I'm not sure what my future should be. Did you know that the answer to that question is the presence of God? When the presence of God Comes and is given room, he brings conception. There's a God idea that is birthed. There's something that takes place that shifts and forms a future. One of those things that happened before we started life 26 years ago, I remember in Sydney before we left, it's like, God, what is it that you want us to be as a church? One of the ideas that came into our spirit, Marie and I, was that community would be a major part of what we do. And, and I said, well, God, why? I've always had a heart for the need in the community. But it was like, that will be the key for many people that are outside the church to begin to understand the nature and the mission of what the true church ought to look like. Yes. That we're not just shooting off our words, but we're doing things that help people. And men will see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. How many know that God is wanting to hover over us and cause things to be conceived that we never believed could be possible? It's kind of like verse 4 as we read, prophesy to these bones. It's, It's not time for us as Christians, no matter how patched up our dinghy is, just to exist. Our prayer cannot be, we just want to survive. It's kind of like we're on a mission and God wants to give you things this year. If you would make room. Breathe deeper on the treadmill. Allow God to come into your life. And to do that, you've got to be focused, which is a determination. A lot of people want to change their lives, but they're not focused enough. And they're not determined because they're not focused. Or not only focused, but space. So the distraction of the busy? Uh, Let me put it out there for all of us. I'm one of those, so I get it. There's a mountain to be climbed, something that needs to be done. Not many people saying, I'll help. So I'll roll up my sleeves and I'll just do it. I'm just that kind of person. It's like, we'll take that mountain. We'll find a way through it. If God's on it, we'll get there. But I find myself increasingly have the Holy Spirit tap me on the shoulder. and Just say, I appreciate what you're trying to do. But you could do it a lot easier if you just breathe. I'll give you ways to do it. Come on. The conception power of God. God's not a thing. Come on, he causes things to bring and spawn into life. Holy Spirit came upon Mary and she conceived. I wonder whether we're allowing distraction to take us from where we ought to be. See, I'm a believer that we should be reaching into more than we've ever had before because more breath, more life. That God wants us to live a future that's so much bigger than we could ever imagine, but it comes out of our ability to breathe a little deeper. Moses, he grows up. He, at the age of 40, thinks it's his time to deliver Israel and kills an Egyptian that's doing the wrong thing. And he finds himself 40 years in the wilderness. And it's an amazing thing. He's been in that wilderness many times. Many bushes have burnt and been consumed. But this particular day, he was at, Horeb, the mountain of God, and there was a bush that was burning but not being consumed. I think there's a lot of times where the Holy Spirit's doing something, we don't even notice it. Because we don't have time to see it, and therefore we don't get to know it. This week, the Holy Spirit's got something for you to see, for me to see on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if we go looking for it. The amazing thing to me is that verse 4 of Exodus 3 says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses responded by saying, here I am. Do you know that that was the commissioning of Moses to now become the deliverer of Israel from Egypt? He was born with that mission on his life. But when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, when God saw that he made room, conception took place. And I'm praying that all of us, no matter what our dinghy looks like, we're going to be people that go, we're going to breathe deeper. We're going to pursue the breath of God in our marriages and our families and our futures. We've already seen this year that it's, it's bigger than us. What God wants to do it's better than us. It's beyond us. But it's the breath of God that conceives and puts into place. Our normal Christian thinking thinking is one of breakthrough, but things are conceived when we get in the presence. And by the way, presence is not Sunday morning, a worship song that tickles our fancy. That's a part of presence. But you don't have to be in church for Presence. Come on, we need to be with the Holy Spirit for presence. And he's with us, but we need to be with him. Second thing I've learned about breath is that breath, the presence of God strengthens my resolve in formation. There are many things that we carry that we got from God were conceived in a moment, in a presence-filled moment. But a bit like pregnancy, you can be pregnant and get excited, but you got nine months of gestation. Moses had 80 months, not months rather, years of gestation. Again and again in the Bible, when God speaks, we do so often the wrong thing, but we think, well, God spoke, it's going to happen. And then we awaken to the fact it's not happening and we become clouded because what God said is not materializing. And we're thinking, well, why not, God? Rather than realizing God is not limited by time. There are many examples in scripture, Hebrews 11, have a read of that, where many got a word from God that didn't come to pass in their lifetime. Well, I don't like that preaching. I want it here and I want it now. I want it my way and I want it so that I can see it. And God says, do you realize the bigger things are going to take more gestation, more formation? There are going to be times and you say, yeah, but right now I am so frustrated because, you know I, I, I prophesied. I'm praying into it and it's not materializing and I know that God gave it to me. Or am I the only one that feels like that sometimes? It's like, "Come on, God." And people go, "You shouldn't talk to God like that. He gets a lot worse than that, I can tell you. And he can handle it." Well, how do how do you handle it when you're not seeing it? You realize that nothing that is truly valuable arrives overnight. I thought that was better than that, but <laughs> 26 years into the dream here, how many years have there been? God, what the flip? Can't see it. You promised it. Yeah. There was that time where I know you spoke, and then God said, "You know how you'll get through the formation period? The gist is just by breathing." Yeah. <sighs> Kids, oh, why aren't they on track and doing? Just breathe. You'll get through it. Well, what if it doesn't happen on my watch? Just breathe. Come on. Breath is what gives you that sense of resolve, that ability to stay your course and keep there. The disciples that together with Jesus after he rises from the dead, and they say, Lord, what time are you going to the Father going to restore the kingdom? To Israel. Jesus responds in Acts 1, 7, and he says to them, it's not for you to know the times or the season. The Father has put that into his own hands, but verse 8, and this is, dovetails together, you shall receive power when you begin to breathe. You'll have the ability to stand when you're not seeing it because you're breathing the breath, not contaminated air, which is the stuff I can see and taste and feel and sense. This is... Oxygen that's divine and gives me the strength to stand and stay true on course. By the way, eternal purposes cannot be contained within natural timeframes. If, if you begin to put natural timeframes around eternal purposes, you're going to give up. You just got to keep breathing. You're in a marathon. Keep breathing. Don't breathe shallow. Breathe deep. And as you breathe deep and you just live the breath for every step, it's amazing how far you're going to get with the wonder of God. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, Galatians 4.4. In other words, God's got a time that doesn't often fit our frame. The key is breath. Is this a word that's helping somebody? It's kind of like, well, God, yeah, but why? You can do anything, but why? It's because breath. God wants to bring us back. Our resolve is in breath. Our conception is in breath. The conception of great God ideas is when you get the presence of God. Well, I, I'm a believer. I'm not arguing that. I'm asking, are you breathing? Are you giving room for the breath of God? I'm asking myself that, or am I living on deflated tires? Or I'm allowing other things. The third thought is that breath attaches purpose when we're dispossessed or to dispossession. Ever felt like it's just not fair? Nobody? I'm preaching to myself today. It's cool. I know some of you online are more responsive, but. Why did we have to lose our child? Why, if God can do anything, did that business fall over? Why is it that life is so tough at times and so much unexpected stuff that's bad, it seems, happens? And we're left with emptiness, sense of loss. We put it in the value equation and think, well, maybe God just doesn't value us. I'm on this journey of going, I don't think we'll understand everything, but one thing I feel like the Holy Spirit showing me is there is a God of this world. This is a season in eternity where the enemy has a level of authority. That's not negative. There are patches that happen in life. But he is not the author of breath. And if you are locked by something you don't understand and held to something you've been through, can I say the answer is breath. You've got to prophesy into the bones. You've, you've got to breathe and allow the Holy Spirit to show you that God can bring divine purpose to what we've been robbed from. Yeah, but I've been dispossessed. I I don't have what they have. You can live your life because you were dispossessed as a little kid by somebody that interfered with you. You can live your life by distrusting because somebody violated a trust you'd given them rather than going, well, come on, trust can be rebuilt. We're not going to go back and just focus on the patches. We're gonna let the breath of God strengthen us so that we can bring strength into the things we can't control and therefore we're not gonna go round and round in circles in this partially deflated boat, this dinghy, and and it's kind of like we even justify it. Well, if you understood what I've been through, then you'd most probably give me a little bit more room. And God says, no, you just need breath. Because when breath comes into what you've been dispossessed of, you're going to have divine purpose attached. You're going to bring the darkness that the enemy sought to destroy you with into a realm where you're going to bring an answer to people that have never understood what you've been through. And again, Ezekiel is such a profound chapter, verse 10. So I prophesied, said Ezekiel. I prophesied as he commanded me. I didn't prophesy according to what I felt. I didn't prophesy according to my past. It's not just, come on, that classic verse that Paul the Apostle says, one thing I do, forgetting the past. Come on, I'm going to get worked up this morning. Because some people need to hear it, not here. Every time you point back to your past as an excuse, you give the enemy more room to deflate your dinghy. Every time you go, yeah, but, no, no, no. there's no buts. There's a savior that got rid of the but, and it's his breath. Come on, that reinflates the dinghy, patches and all. And because you're patched, you can help other people that have been through things that they thought it was all over, and there was no future. And so I prophesied as he commanded, and breath came into them. Here it is, and they lived. Every scar can live. Every past disappointment can live. Everything that you've been through that the enemy sought to take you down with, come on, can have eternal value. And they stood on their feet, what? An exceedingly, not a little, an exceedingly great army. Whatever the enemy takes from you, come on, at least seven times God will restore. And you can begin to say, hey, I went through that. And yeah, if I had my choice, I would have never gone. But actually, on the other side of it now, I've got far more had I never gone through that. Because breath came and changed my perspective. Breath entered me and shifted everything. More breath, more life. A couple of weeks ago, and I know we weren't all here because we're not all here on every given Sunday, but Pastor Phil Camden, part of our team for seven years, 2013, found out he had motor neurons disease. And apart from a miracle, his future was pretty much over but he didn't stop with a diagnosis come on he sought the breath of God let's be reminded about his journey as we go to the screen
0: in January of uh, 2013 I was sent to a neurologist and that was um, a day that was a catalyst changed our lives again he just told us that you've got motor neuron disease. Motor neurons are the neurons that send the messages from your brain and your spinal cord to your muscles. It's what triggers those muscles to operate. And when those motor neurons die, the muscles can no longer function so they waste away and they weaken. 80% of people die within 27 months of having the diagnosis. Others die within the next five years. And uh, so the prognosis wasn't great at all and left us, quite frankly and truthfully, broken. It changed our world. They told me with this disease that it's only gonna get worse every day. And I went away and thought about that for a while and it made me think that today is actually my best day. If it's only going to get worse, then today is my best day. So I've got a whole lot of best days to live yet. <laughs> I think perspective is fluid, it has to move with the rhythms of life. And I remember I felt drop into my spirit a sense that this was not a death sentence, but this was a visa that was going to allow me to reach into the world of motor neuron disease, into the the lives of people that I would never have been able to reach in the role that I was playing before. I became really great friends with one gentleman and two weeks before he passed away, I was in his living room with Lenore and he accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. And two weeks later, I'm standing over his graveside with his family and friends, officiating at the funeral, letting them know that um, Jesus said, I'm the resurrection of life. Any man who dies and believes in me, yet shall he live. I, I don't know if you've seen that movie, Hacksaw Ridge, but it's a movie where, you know, a guy's used his strength and whatever means he has to go and save people And each time he saves one person from the battlefield, he just prays God one more. And that's me in this journey with motor neuron disease. One dies and I'm going, God, there's another one out there diagnosed today. Another two have been diagnosed today. And they will die um, with this disease without any hope or faith. And I just say to God every day, Just give me one more. And that keeps me going.
1: It was an amazing thing recently that Phil made a decision as he fully cognizant is experiencing the deterioration of his muscles that he would put on computer his own voice, seven to 9,000 words. Because unless God steps in and does the supernatural, which he fully believes in, he wanted his children and grandchildren to hear his voice. Whereas we get stuck when dispossession takes place, when we feel robbed and we don't understand why God didn't step in. The only answer is breath. The only answer is breath. And my question to all of us today is, will we see the things that we're being dispossessed of as an unredeemable loss or will we allow God's breath to come into that unredeemable loss? How did I write this? And create eternal significance because we covered it with breath. And today I've asked the team just to sing. We're going to take some time online. I encourage you, if you're comfortable, just to close your eyes and open your heart. And Today it may be, God, the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry because I'm not looking for you. I don't really know you, but I want this year to be a year where I just breathe. Rather than get caught up because I can't see the future. Because as I breathe, eternal things will be conceived When I find myself in the middle ground, the promise has been given, but there's no outcome. That's your breath that brings resolve. Or if I'm dispossessed and something, it seems unfair has taken place. It's your breath that attaches eternal purpose. Come on, let's take a moment. Again. Again. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.